Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. You know, in today's age, you can't just have boring photos on your property marketing listings. You've got to have a virtual walkthrough tour. That way tenants can quickly qualify themselves and look through the property even at two in the morning online. But I can hear you say, look, Darren, it's too expensive with cameras and takes too long. That's why you've got to go to virtualtourscreator.com.au and check out how you can do walkthrough virtual tours using your mobile phone. Go and check it out. Also, talk to Tom there at virtualtourscreator.com.au on how you can quickly turn your tours into really cheap floor plans as well. Take care. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here from the PM Power podcast show and I have a very special guest with me today, Kirk Stafford. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. Now, Kirk is a fellow property management trainer. Um, always good to come across people that do what we do. And I myself have been a property management trainer and consultant since 2005 and I know, Kirk, your, um, your, your good name is getting the rounds out there. And you're from the Property Management Coach. Now, Kirk, before we get into today's podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background and experience. Uh, yeah, Thanks, Darren. Uh, look, I've, I've been in the industry for a little bit over 35 years. I've been in property management for most of that time. Uh, I was um, affectionately called by one of, the, one of the tribunal referees years ago, a... Uh, a, re a refugee from sales. <laughs> <laughs> refugee from sales. <laughs> uh, and that was, I mean, look, I, I started my, um, my PM career exactly 30 years ago. It was June uh, 1992, is the middle of the recession, uh, and uh, I took over a, uh, a 220 uh, property rent roll that was in, in a terrible state. We had you know, massive arrears, massive vacancies. The boss had been running it on his own with an assistant for three months and then turned to me and said, you said you wanted to be a property manager? Here. <laughs> so I knew nothing I, else. I remember those days. I remember those days in property yeah. management, certainly. I knew nothing else except crisis management, really, <laughs> going from that. But it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was a great baptism. Uh, it, it led me into what I consider to be a really fulfilling uh, and rewarding career. Uh, I've had my own property management businesses. I've run businesses for other people. I've trained within the TAFE system with the Real Estate Institute of Victoria. Um, and, and I've been speaking nationally with, with a couple of the franchise groups. And look, it's, it's just been a, an amazing journey for me, really. Uh, and now having uh, had the benefit of a couple of months at the start of the uh, the pandemic to sit back off and see what's happening in the industry, um, I thought, I'm wasting my talents. I mean, I've, I've got all this knowledge and all this skill. Why am I not talking to people about how to, how to, how to use their talents and their skills? So yeah. that's how the property management coach was formed. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's great. And, you know, I think it's, I think you've got some great experience there, um, a lot of variety, particularly with TAFE and with the REIV as well, um, very similar to myself. Um, now, we're talking today about some having some qualities around surviving today's property management. And let, let's just agree that the property management of today is different from what it was in January, February, two years ago. Uh, which wow. is the start of before COVID. So COVID has really changed a lot, hasn't it? And if we cast our minds back, um, things really changed in the last comma, which I call it a comma, you know, in the global financial crisis, 2008, 2009, people changed then as well through that crisis. So crisis does seem to change the shape of people. It changes the shape of society. It changes the shape of how we do things and our expectations and, I guess right now um, in 2022, um, you know, that, that, that's no different. Things have changed. So I just want to talk about everyone. And, and uh, this is the topic that Kirk really felt convicted that he wanted to talk about um, and talking about, you know, dealing and coping and su surviving and thriving in crisis and, and those, those, you know, five things that we want to talk about. So let, let's just go through the qualities that you need to survive and really thrive in, in today's um, different world in property management. Things are a lot different, but let's just straight off the mark, let's talk about resilience. And Kirk, you're really uh, quick to want to talk about that first. So over to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I think it's been the last two years, we've heard the word a lot. It's become the new R word. Um, and we, we're hearing it from government, we're hearing it from business. Now, I don't think anybody really actually has, has, has taken the time to explain to people what resilience actually is. And it's a series of, of qualities that it's not just one, it's a series of characteristics that just help us bounce, not so much bounce back, because all it does is take us to, to where we were before, but to bounce forward. Um, and, and look, there's, there's, there's a lot of talk around it. Um, you know, we've just got to be more resilient. We need a more resilient economy. We need a more resilient industry, all these things. The first thing I think we've got to realise is that change is always a constant. We're always seeking improvement in what we do. And if you notice, then I've sort of, I've mashed the word change for the word improvement, uh, because if you, if you think about the, the internal reaction we have to the word change, it's defensive. But if we you know, have the word improvement thrown at us, it's almost one of anticipation and excitement. And that's the first thing I think we've got to look at is that each of these um, challenges that come our way is grounds for us to be able to improve, to be able to you know, learn new things, to stretch ourselves a little bit and, and be better than we were previously. Mm. Uh, in some of the speaking I do, I talk to, uh, to James Clear's book, uh, Atomic Habits, about you know, being 1% better every time and if you apply that for a period of a year, we're going to be a vastly different person, a vastly improved person to where you were uh, 12 months earlier. Uh, and resilience is just having that, that, um, uh, that, that internal strength to be able to, to push forward uh, when you really don't think that you, you, you can or you want to. Let's just talk about resilience and strength and challenges because the last two years have been unprecedented and 
we certainly don't want to minimize to the people that are listening and are, you know, and, and watching this. We don't want to minimize the difficulties that people have been through. And you and I, you, you and I know, um, Kirk, there, there is a lot of people not in property management anymore that were around two or three years ago. And, you know, uh, the industry has changed. It's been reshaped and there is ongoing challenges, but with COVID, it forced a lot of people into technology change and forced them onto the cloud, forced them off their servers and forced the hand of Zoom, you know, using yeah. Zoom. You know, it was used a minority of times. We were, my business, we were using Zoom well before COVID, but now Zoom is normal for a lot of people, whereas it forced the hand, you know, um, cloud technology, working from home. You know, how many businesses out there would have ever let their staff <coughs> voluntarily work from home before COVID? Not a lot. No. But now it, it's forced the hand. A lot of business owners have seen that um, people can effectively, under certain circumstances, you know, work remotely um, and focusing on results, not hours sitting on a chair. Um, and, you know, but there's been other changes with legislation, you know, Victoria, mm -hmm. New South Wales, Queensland, um, New Zealand. There's a lot of le legislation changes. Um, I would say that the Victorian changes have been particularly brutish um, and, uh, and, and extreme that we might argue on that, but it's been a big change. And then, you know, particularly with our Victorians, there was a long periods of lockdown and issues like that. So some states have been um, not as hard hit with lockdowns, um, you know. I think Victoria, I think, got the rough end of the stick. But, um, you know, there's been some significant things there Kirk, um, when it comes to resilience. Oh, for sure. And I think one of the things, I think a bit of a fun fact, uh, we were locked down for nine months out of 19 through 2020 and 2021 in Victoria, uh, and, and especially in Melbourne, which is where I'm based. And it, you, you needed to have some coping mechanisms. And I don't mean, you know, a, a, a delivery order from Dan Murphy's either. Um, you need to have some, some pretty good coping mechanisms to, to deal with that. And one of the things I think people sort of got caught up in was the anxiety of it all without realising that this was happening around them, not to them. So they internalised too much of it without looking back on it. And I, I heard um, quite, a, quite a while into it, uh, an old Buddhist mantra that I hadn't heard for quite some years, and it was a good reminder to me of observe, don't absorb. And if you can just look, sit back out of it and look at the situation and look at the circumstances rather than trying to bring it all inside you, you'll actually find that you, you make better decisions. You're able to deal with whatever the you know, so-called crisis is. And, and, and crisis, if you look at it in a very loose interpretation, the Chinese characters for crisis are opportunity riding a dangerous wind. And if you can find the... Uh, the, the touch points in that where you can make improvements, where you've got um, areas where you can, can see advantages to, to yourself and to your business. And, and you talked before about you know, server-based and cloud-based technology. I mean, I, I don't know many people now that are on servers. Yeah, let me, let me yeah. take a quick story, Kurt. So in yeah. at about 2010, 2011, I was asked to speak at a large event in Melbourne mm -hmm. with a large, well-known Victorian-based brand. I think Victoria is very good for their unique 
real estate brands that really don't you don't really see in the state. And it was a very well-known Victorian brand. And I was asked to talk about technology changes and changes that are coming to the industry. I got up in front of, I don't know, 200 property managers, started talking about the cloud. And everyone was looking at me like, this guy's an alien. Clouds are something that's in the sky. And I, I felt that the end of my session that I really missed it, that that was just too over people's heads. Yeah. And, you know, the cloud is coming. And, um, but now, I mean, look what's happened. Yeah. Everyone was forced to the cloud. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the way. I mean, you, you were lucky that you, were, you had enough foresight to be able to see that and at least speak to them that, that this was going to be part of the future at some stage. I, mean, I think the majority of us, if, if you'd mentioned cloud in, in, in 2010, I would have been saying, well, well there's, they're their white fluffy things up in the sky. That's where yeah. my snow comes Removing from. Removing a server from your office would have been unheard of. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> the stuff going to be? Where's my data going to be? Yeah, correct. The, the, the last corporate role I had, <clears throat> and this, I, I left that corporate role on the 20th of March, 2020, mind you. So, you know, that was not probably from my point of view, great timing, but it, it actually turns out to have been, that was by dangerous wind. Um, but when I, when I left that role, they had a room at the back of the office that was a dedicated server room had an air conditioning unit of its own in there to make sure that it ran at a certain temperature. And if that server went down, we couldn't operate. Now there was, there was, it was, it was chaos until we got someone in to fix it or you know, we walked in there and switched it off and switched it back on again. Wow. If you know, it had an easier fix, but it was, you know, everything was dependent on that. And, and I would think that that firm and a, and a number of others like it would have really struggled in those, those first, um, those first few weeks until they sort of managed to get everything across the cloud. As it was with that particular firm, we're already in the, the, the process of migrating a lot of the stuff out. Uh, we had good cloud trust software. We were bringing in inspection software or had inspection software that allowed us to, to do those sorts of you know, tasks. But it was still just that, that case of, you know, all our files were in the server. We had to get them online very quickly. Mm. And now, you know, everything. So I mean, my laptop's probably got more computing power than they had. The <laughs> <laughs> things have changed, and resilience is very much about embracing uncertainty as well, because we had to deal with uncertainty. We had to deal with not knowing what's going to happen next month, the month after, and all those sorts of things. And um, you know, uncertainty has certainly come into our lives, and we've had to embrace that. But this is sort of bridging, I think, to the next quality, and it's the adaptability to change. You know, you said before that change is a constant, and it is. Mm -hmm. Change is always changing. I mean, look at social media. I remember in 2011, somewhere around there, having an event on Darling Harbour in Sydney where, where a person came in and said the internet is about to go to level two. You know, mm -hmm. websites is level one, level two is social media. And we were all confused, like how the hell is this going to be relevant to me, particularly a trainer in property management? It was foreign. It was like, how would you spend one to two hours a day on that? Yeah. You know? on, 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 on the Facebook? Yeah, on, on Facebook. And I remember Dennis, Yusuf, getting into my face. We went out to dinner. Of course, he's my business partner now. But we went out to dinner. He was a, BD, a very enthusiastic BDM back then. And he said, Darren, do you know you could be growing your business using Facebook? And I said, mate, that's just where you post your breakfast and what you had. 
Um, I can't see. And then I opened my mind and, and he challenged me and I said, all right, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to learn this thing. And not only I'm going to learn it, I'm going to become an expert in it. And when I become an expert, I'm going to be training it. Mm-hmm. That's all history. I've been known as a well-known Facebook trainer now, um, you know, for many years. And uh, But that's changing now. Facebook is no longer the king daddy. Instagram is. And yeah. you know, TikTok is taking over. And then we've got number three coming along. Yep. You know, we've I'm, got- I'm really excited to... to- to, to know what Web 3.0 is actually going to do for us. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure it will morph into our world and we're going to have the early adopters and we're going to have the people at the end kicking and screaming yep. um, and, and move into a world of the metaverse mm-hmm. and, and into an online world, which, you know, I do understand the basics um, of how it's going to work, but, you know, it's still yet to be seen, but it's the adaptability of change. Change is happening all the time. Social media is a really good example of... Yeah. The platform that you're using today won't be working tomorrow. You know, technology coming in, they're talking that our phones. Now, do you remember in 2007 when Steve Jobs got on stage and talked about a phone um, that hasn't got any buttons, or it just got one home button? And Nokia, what happened with Nokia they, or, or BlackBerry? They said, no, people want physical buttons. It's just a fad. It's, it's, it's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. It's going to come in. It's going to fade. And look what happened. Every And Steve Jobs was right. It changed the world when it came to mobile phones and a lot of things. But what do you think? Uh, you go back far enough. You go back to 2001, 2003. The internet was supposed to be just a fad. Mm-hmm. So everything that we've got, had as an advance in society, if, well, for a better way of putting it, has actually started as a fad. You, you and I both remember when we started as, as, as young property managers, Everything was intensely manual. I, I remember using, you know, Kalamazoo, which is a triple right carbonated, carbonized form. I remember Kalamazoo. I remember writing my Kalamazoo. Yeah, I, we we should have we should have framed those because they would now be museum pieces. I remember door knocking for rent. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> go back far enough. I remember. Yeah. Car phones, and I just thought I was hot because my phone number was 007 something, and I had a car phone, and my friends thought I was hot with my own car phone. You know, now we we look at that, and we've got to agree that things are changing. You know, talking about mobile phones, I reckon it's going to be glasses. You know, the 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 Apple glasses or whatever. You know, in five or six years, and we're going to be wearing our technology as opposed to having it in our hand or in our pocket. I think we need to all go back and, and re-watch Minority Report because you look at some of the stuff we were doing then, and I remember a couple of scenes out of it where, um, where the, the, the main character sort of would, would walk up to a screen and then he'd, he'd maximise the screen just by moving his hands across his piece of glass and the screen, that frame would expand. Well, that's pretty much what we're doing now with our photos on our phones. We just flick the phone and we can enlarge it and zoom in on things. We're already there. What's next? Well, I'd rather Iron Man. I like the, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But what what's next with with, with the way that we operate in our businesses? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're already doing things like virtual inspections. We're already doing uh, almost frictionless um, tenancy application uh, processing. Next, I mean, and there are programs coming through that are that are frictionless and trustless soft uh, software. Um, so we're seeing all these these amazing changes that are taking place in our industry. And yeah, look, some of them, I mean, I've got a fail fast approach for a lot of these things. You try it, you give it a run for a few months. If it doesn't work, you toss it out and bring something else in that's going to take its place. 
but it's you, know, you you've got to start using some of this stuff mm. we've got AI, we've got artificial intelligence coming we've got robots coming as well where they could help right. us with a lot of the processing and things right. like that but and i think you just got to move on to the next next quality Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, you've got to be understanding and accepting that change is constant yep. and you've always got to be willing to move out of because, you know, once we get settled, we get into our comfort zone, human nature is we don't want to change and we've just always got to be re- um, willing to uh, to move on to the next thing because that younger generation is going to embrace what you that's try right. and ignore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. look, we, we, we love our comfort okay. zones. They, they, they keep us safe, but there's no growth in safety. You've got to step outside of that occasionally to start pushing yourself forward, but also your businesses and yep. what they're going to look like. All right. So we've talked resilience. We've talked <clears throat> adaptability to change. Change is a constant. Just go with it. Mm. The next one, next cap off the rank, the next quality you need to survive, conflict resolution. Oh, my goodness me. Now, I had a call <laughs> just an hour before this session with an office in Victoria that's talking about they need you know, um, conversations around conflict with the tone. They talked about the tone that you can say something one way and get a completely different result if you say it another way. Um, And I think, you know, again, the last two years have changed people. People um, are a lot more um, impatient. They're a lot more, um, I don't know, frustrated. Yep, exactly. And and, and you're right. They, 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 They almost demand everything straight away. To their to their satisfaction, and when they're not getting it, then they start to 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 push back at you. And like I, I actually think that that's part of a reaction to uh, to the last two years. I, I think that with COVID, particularly with the lockdowns and what have you, it, people have had more time to sit behind computers and become accustomed to getting responses quickly, because. People on the other end of the, of, the, of, the, of the transaction have been sitting on their computers and can give those answers. Now we're moving back into a situation where we're all out moving around a bit more. Uh, PMs can be out on the road doing inspections. They can be off um, attending, hopefully attending courses, your courses and my courses, rather than anyone else's. Uh, but they're, they're doing other things rather than just sitting in front of their computer, waiting for the email to come through or the call to come through from the client. So we've got to start to flex that. It's going to take a couple of years for that to, to spring back to, to, to close to what it was before. But I think the speed of response is going to be something that we, we, we're here to deal with for, for quite some time. Now, when they're not getting that response to their satisfaction, that's when you need to start having some, some really good high-level conflict resolution skills. Um, and you said before, it's about you know, learning how to talk to people and talk with people rather than talk at them. We're not here to be directive. We're not here to be aggressive, confrontational or, or, or threatening. We're here to be collaborative. We've got to take that approach. It's, it's a we approach rather than a you approach or an I approach. Um, and, and they're the sorts of things that I think that, that a lot of people, and, and I use this when I'm talking to a lot of directors when they're talking about you know, not wanting training. I say, well, you know, your staff don't just know these things straight away. You, know, you, you can't be. You know, they can't expect them just to come out of school or or their, their their agency course fully formed because it doesn't happen that way. They teach them all the technical stuff, but it doesn't teach them the human stuff. And the human stuff comes down to really, really good communication skills. And if they've got those good communication skills, a lot of the conflict will actually start to dissipate. It won't all dissipate because you're still going to have people that will you know, expect things their way. But it's a way of being able to talk to people and talk them around 
their own expectations and get them to the stage where they're, they're, they, they reach a point of understanding. They may not like it. And I think Winston Churchill, uh, after the Alt Conference in 1945, at the end of the First World War, the Second World War, uh, I, I think he's quoted as saying that the art of a good negotiation or the, the hallmark of a good negotiation is where both parties walk away reasonably unsatisfied. Now, they may not get everything they want, but they're reasonable about it. Yeah. And this is what's missing at the moment. We've just got this conflictual um, paradigm, I think, with a lot of people at the moment. And, and it's, it's certainly taken its toll on property managers. It's taken its toll on a lot of, a lot of industries. Every time I go into, um, in, into a shopping centre or into, into a group of shops, there's at least two or three of those shops there that's got a sign up saying, please be kind to our staff. Oh, I see it all the time. I see it all the time, and it's, it's you know, where, where where have I seen it? I've seen it at the airport, mm -hmm. um, the doctors, doctor surgery down the road. Yep. Um, you know, it's on the glass. They're telling. It's like telling a child don't misbehave, but it's like this is an adult world where we're telling sure. kids don't be aggressive. Exactly. And um, yeah, and 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 businesses even more now have a responsibility to protect their staff against trauma against those things so you've got all those things as well where a staff member is take on an employer um around issues like that if the employer is not stepping in and protecting them that's it's right different exactly. world. yeah and, and i'm wondering i'm it, it was i forget who it was one of my friends mentioned to me we were out having a having a drink one night and uh, and they said uh, and, and this this woman's a, a high level um chartered accountant and, and she said you know, it's quite possible that with some of these conflict situations, she wasn't just talking about our PM industry, she was talking about holistically. If, if, a, if a business owner or manager knows that there's a conflict situation within the, within the, the we talk of retail, I think it was at the time, if they know there's a conflict res, uh, situation within that shop, within that setting, and they don't do anything to diffuse it, they might be stepping across the OHS provisions of providing a safe and healthy workplace. Mm. So that's something we've got to be careful of. And that's why these signs I'm seeing, like you, like you I'm seeing them pretty much everywhere. Every yeah. second cafe. And it's a sign of the times, isn't it? it really... Well, unfortunately it is. We've got to remind people how to be adults. Mm. I know, it's crazy. And people feel that they have the right to be able to abuse you mm. or get aggressive. And that's, people feel that that is my right. I want and and it's forgetting about the the rights of the other person as well, and uh, it's that world, isn't it, where it's my rights, my rights, my way, my opinion, um, and um, you you won't tell me otherwise. And exactly, they they they're they're losing sight of their responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this coming out very clearly. <clears throat> pardon me, when my daughter was eight years old, she was in year three. I sent her to a bedroom. To, to, to clean up and she stood in the middle of the bedroom you know, after I went up to check on her, she stood in the bed, bedroom with her hands on her hips and said, you can't tell me what to do, I know my rights. At age eight, this is what they're doing at school. I said, really darling? I said, that's interesting. I said, has your teacher told you about your responsibilities? <laughs> a 19 year old does the same thing yeah but she's 19 she's supposed to be an adult this is an eight no, no 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 that's that's my son but, oh your uh, son sorry <laughs> that's all right that's all right let, let, let's move on so yeah. like conflict resolution we just gotta everyone just gotta be you know things have changed and yeah. um you know what worked 10 years ago 15 years ago um certainly doesn't work now yeah. and you know we've just right. got to be in tune with that and and you know, get off emails 
get off emails. Don't don't try to resolve a conflict by email. You'll never do it. No, no, not at all. You got to be a telephone conversation or face to face. Yeah, a phone conversation saves a thousand words by email and all that emotional bluster that happens as well. So let, let's move on. And, and I put this down here, whether it's a quality or something like that, but it's a, it's an issue that doesn't appear to be going away. And I called it the rental crisis, but you called it the affordability crisis. So tell me more about that and tell me about your point of view on that, Kurt. Well, what, what, what we're seeing at the moment is that we've, we've, we've come through a, a phase where there's been a shortage of supply. And if you look at the data at the moment, there still is. But I don't think the, the supply is the issue. I think it's people's ability to be able to afford it. We're finding that rents have, have jumped significantly pretty much right across the country. Inflation is now running at orders of about 5 or 6% or, 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 or somewhere in that realm. People's incomes basically have not gone up. So they're, they're able to afford less. If you look at the price of petrol, only everyone is talking about it because of the... Um, the, the the crisis we've got in in in, in Russia and uh, and, and uh, the, the Far East with with Ukraine, um, but that's only part of it. We're we're also looking at supply chain problems elsewhere. We've got um, weather related problems, which is affecting some of our fresh produce and the prices of some of that fresh produce has gone up. I mean, we, I think we've all seen the memes about the lettuces recently. But those sort of real baseline things are where people are spending their money. In, in order to really just have the life they used to have six months earlier. But with those prices going up and their incomes remaining static, they're actually falling behind a bit. So they're less able to afford the higher rentals. And we're, we're dealing with people also not wanting to move around quite as much. I, I was talking to a couple of PMs this morning. They're saying that their inquiry levels have actually dropped significantly in the last six to eight weeks. Um, I think we're going to find that the the... The, the challenge we're going to have soon is not so much a supply problem, but it's going to be people being able to afford a higher rental. Now, I was talking with a business this morning in a large city, not a capital city, mm -hmm. um, good city, um, yep. in the 360 properties. They do five oh. new lettings a month and 30 lease renewals. And that said a lot about the stability that tenants aren't moving in, in that particular region. Um, and the, a lot of them don't want to. They don't want to go out into this scary world where there's 50, 60 people applying for a property. You know, they want to stay where they are. And, and then they've got the challenge, of course, with property managers, um, with the challenge of increasing rents in line with the market and going to their current tenants and having a difficult conversation that your rent has to go up $40, $50, $30 a week yep. um, and, and be able to verbalise that through without creating conflict situation mm -hmm. and, right. and, and how to have those conversations, which in normal situations, property managers are not used to. No, that's right. And, and look, it's when you know that what you're about to say to someone is going to affect them directly it's a difficult conversation to have um you know dear mr and mrs smith we're, we're about to put your rent up 50 bucks a week uh, there's another 200 dollars a week that you won't have for food clothing petrol whatever else it is that's got to go towards where you live um and that's that's going to create some strain as well so it's it's it, it's an affordability it's a genuine hit against tenants isn't it and it's that's exactly right yeah. people going to and property managers who are people like everyone else going to their tenants who are people like anyone else yep. 
um, it's it's difficult. And seeing so many quality tenants unable to get property and hearing about the local caravan park now getting booked out, people can't even get a campsite to live in a tent because they can't get a rent. And it just, it's unprecedented. And, you know, you and I grew up in a world in Australia where rentals are supposed to be affordable compared to buying your own property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, renting is a, a cheaper alternative than owning your own property, but it's just changed and it's yeah. uh, it's yeah. affecting a lot of people, increases the stress levels, increases the frustration levels, increases the conflict levels. Getting yeah. back to, again, we've got to get better at conflict resolution and all those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then the lack of training out there, you know, we go on to another level. The last two years has knocked out a lot of people like you and me in the industry of trainers mm-hmm. that have now couldn't survive. They didn't have events. They didn't have gigs anymore. They ha- And they didn't have the income coming in, smashed them out um, back into a job. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lack of training and resourcing out there for property managers as well. So, um, you know, it, it's difficult all around. Yeah, and, that's right. It is. It is. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, look, we're in this 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 world of, of change where, and and one of the things I like in the term, I've used it before as an analogy, is that uh, uh, the, the, the pandemic sort of, basically took the snow dome that we all had in our hand, tipped it upside down, gave it a shake, then gave it back to us. Everything's swirling around us. We've lost probably 35, 40% of property managers, you know, as a population nationally. Um, we're, we're finding that the that, that client expectations are, are, are off the chart in terms of the, their, their tolerance for um, even good service. They want, they want excellence in service. Uh, and if they don't get it, well, they'll they'll threaten to go somewhere else. So that's 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 leading to to greater. Um, and I was thinking about this because I'm I'm talking again this weekend. But that's leading to greater burnout on with, with with property managers. There's got to be a way of getting around that. The way we're going to get around that is to use a lot of the technology. Go back to what we were talking about a, a, a minute ago. Use the technology to do the back end stuff, all the admin stuff. So it frees us up to concentrate on building those relationships because that's what our job is. Our job's really not got much to do with the property. Property is really just the, the thing that it's all got in common. Part of the transaction. That's and right. Yeah. We, our, our vault. Yeah. Sorry, mate. All people management. You know, right. remember when employing people, they're coming out of high school and they want to get into real estate, you know, and property management, the resume, you know, why do you think you'd be good at property management? Well, I was good at interior design at school and I'm thinking, well, you're in a good shock, aren't you? <laughs> or, or I like looking at houses. That used to be the thing. <laughs> that doesn't make you good at real estate. You've got to be good at people. You've be good at people. Yeah, it's people management, very much people management. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and fostering and nurturing those relationships. Yeah. Our relationships go a lot longer than salespeople's relationships go. Our our relationships can last for, you know, 10, 15 years or longer. My my new book that I talk about, um, PMP Script Secrets, um, it talks about, you know, sales is dating, Mm. you know, and property management's a long-term relationship and and we've got to be in the long term with with, with these property investors, property owners, um, and Mm. it's, it's a lot different. It's actually I wove that into one of my scripts um, where I think it was around the fee objection with, you know, well, I bought the property from, from such and such sales guy. I, I think I deserve a property management discount. So I wove that into mm-hmm. the response that, you know, actually, no, we're going to be with you for years and years. 
yeah. um, in property management. Right. You that, was a, that, was only a, that was only a Tinder date. That was only a one-night stand with the property, with the, with the salesperson. Correct. This is, yeah, we're, we're getting married here. Yeah, you should have asked your discount there, not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that go down well? <laughs> hey, i tell you what, no, no, no. Why don't you go and ask the salesperson to give you a discount on your management fee? That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, got, I've got these scripts as well for, you know, um, the, the, the salesperson said that I can get your management for X. And, and, and everybody, I wasn't intending to talk about the book, but you can get mm -hmm. that book. It's just been printed. It is available. Yep. Go to pmpscriptssecrets.com. Okay. That's the one you, that I've got a copy of. Right, right. You got you yeah. got copy number one because yeah. within the we did a pre-release some months ago and within a minute you had already bought the first copy. So you genuinely have book number one on your copy. Should arrive next couple of days, but everyone is available. It yeah. is free. Yeah, that Just I spend that much time on the net. Yeah, it is, <laughs> you know, it is free. Just pay for shipping, pmvscriptssecrets.com. All right, let's move on. So right. let's just get to the last one now. And, you know, I'm struggling actually calling these, do we call them five qualities or five challenges? Yep. But the last one is the economic uncertainty where you mentioned before, you know, we've got right now politicians mentioning the, the R word, which is recession. Yep. And, and right. I don't know whether that's going to come about or not, but um, your thoughts on that, Kirk? Um. Yeah, we, we sort of touched on this before, but I, look, I, I, I'd not like to think we're going to go into recession here. Um, I mean, all, all the indications are coming out of the Reserve Bank that we're not going to. I mean, uh, Philip Lowe, the chair, I think said a couple of days ago, he says that you know, Australia's pretty well insulated. We're going to avoid a recession. But it's the, the old story if you know, Wall Street sneezes, the rest of the world catches cold. Now, we, we may or may not feel you know, any great effects. What we've got to understand, though, is that economies move in cycles. We go up, we go down. We've seen, <clears throat> I think, about 25 years worth of really, really good economic times, with the exception of the GFC, which was you know, not pleasant for a lot of people. But the last real recession we had was when I started in property management 30 years ago. Too, yeah. Since then, it's just been going up, 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 dip, up, 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 dip, up, up, up. And that's what the market does but it runs in cycles. Yes, there are people that uh, do very well when, when the market's in an upward cycle, and there are people that don't do terribly well when the market takes a bit of a hit. But it's again a matter of keeping perspective about what it is. It's, it's not all to do with us. We will suffer some effects of it, but we've got to realise that at the end of the day, the sun's, you know, the next day, the sun's still going to come up. It sets at night, comes up in the morning. Um, we just need to insulate ourselves en enough to get through the through the trends downward. But I, look, as I said, I, I've seen four or five different cycles in the marketplace. Uh, I've seen tremendous highs, and we're we're in the middle of what looks like a, a dip at the moment, uh, particularly in terms of housing prices and values. But uh, overall. You know, the, the, the best time to buy real estate was 20, 25 years ago. The, the next best time is, is still now. You're never going to hear someone ring a bell at the bottom of the market or at the top. So you, you've just got to make your decisions based on what you know at the time that's appropriate for your circumstances, mm -hmm. um, which is, look, you know, might, might sound like a little bit of you know, highbrow stuff for a lot of people, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not responsible for anybody's circumstances other than your own. Um, yes, there, there will be headwinds. I have a habit of, of not tuning into the evening news because 
all you hear about, and, and the, 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 the news media have a, um, a bent for getting eyeballs because eyeballs are circulation and circulation is, is advertising revenue. So they're always going to be promoting the, the, the bad stories. So they they promote the bad stuff or the controversial stuff that gets you irate, that gets you um, on your hobby horse, yep. that causes division, it polarising, it causes opinions, the yes and the no, the... The, the the hate and the love and all of that and it just an anxiety. A yep. sense of anxiety you know yeah. i must admit i've only just now first time in my life switched off the media yep. it's been five weeks now i deleted my apple app i was paying it 15 dollars a month or whatever for it i deleted it um i don't watch it very very rarely might watch something on youtube just to get you know what's happening with ukraine or whatever but otherwise it's switched off mm -hmm. I've got a lot more control about, you know, that it does change your world. Um, you really don't need to be fed into the media machine because it is built for your anxiety. It was a famous quote by Denzel Washington that if you're not reading the news, they make you feel like you're uninformed, but when you do, you will be misinformed. And it's so right. true. Yep. Yep. You know, they 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 um, they completely over-exaggerate. They sensationalise. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they turn a mosquito into a... In, into a bird you know it, it it's it's um it's a very negative environment i just want to encourage everybody we've got to wrap this up but yeah. i want to encourage everyone you know certainly for me the last two years have been very life-changing and it's changed my shape you know i'm i'm not that gung-ho about business like i used to be i'm a lot more focused on smelling the roses i'm a lot more focused on the stuff that really matters I'm a lot more focused on on my family than ever before and a lot more focused on, you know, um, not kicking as many career goals anymore as opposed to personal goals. Yep. And, you know, looking at the last third of my life now, I've got a good another 20 to 30 years left and I want to make it count. And that doesn't necessarily mean count just business. No. You know, business is a thing that puts food on the table, pays the bills, um, and give you a few luxuries in life, and that's about it. And that's that's how I'm treating it. And you know, it really has really made us stop and think what's the most important things in life. And to uh, me, possibly not having a million bucks in the bank is the most important. It, yeah. it, it you know, it's other things and things that really matter. And um, you know, when the rubber hits the road, you know, what's the most important? But that that's been my journey. Yep. And that being different for a lot of people, but particularly the last two years has really, you know, hammered that because it has. Uh, yeah, and I think you're right, Daryl. I, I think what's happened the last couple of years is that we've all been forced to stop and take uh, take account of, of what's really important to us. Uh, and and when you look back on your life, uh, uh, you think, okay, well, I, I was pretty consumed in uh, in that corporate world and, and really wanted to push and, as you said before, hit goals and, and, and really sort of set yourself up with, you know, millions of dollars in the bank or whatever whatever it is that you thought was aspirational at the time is now not. Mm. A lot of people now have just gone, yeah, you see it with people that are taking different jobs. Moving out to the country. Doing regional changes or sea changes, whatever it is. They just go, that's not important to me anymore. What's important to me is the granular stuff. It's, it's how my kids are, how my relationship with my partner is, how my friends, how's the rest of my family going. They're the important things. Now, once we start to realise that, work takes a, a back seat to it, which is where it should be. I'm in full agreement with you. Work gives you um, the capacity to enjoy life. You know, but we don't live to work. We don't live for our work. We, we are not our jobs. Yeah. We're not going to. We're not going to get to our. We're not going to get to our deathbed and lie there and go. 
Yeah, I should have spent more time at the office. I'll, I'll just I'll just say goodbye to my clients. <laughs> Can I, I just want to make a couple of calls. So excuse me a second. <laughs> I mean, honestly, with our clients outside of property management, they don't give a rats about us. And that's, no, that's right. Alan's about exactly. them. Yeah. Yeah. How, many, how many of them would you invite to your next significant birthday party? That's yeah. that's the test. Yeah, it is. It because is. they're the ones that will turn up at your funeral as well. But I can give you the answers, probably very few. Let, let's wrap this up. It's been a long podcast, but but if people want to get in touch with you, Kurt, what's the best way? Um, really simple. You can get me through email at kirk at thepmcoach.com.au. You can jump straight onto the website, which is thepmcoach.com.au, and you'll find uh, a link there that you can uh, you, you can contact me through. That's also got my, my mobile number. You can find me splattered all over the socials. So if you look at my Facebook presence, I think somebody said you're annoying, you're there every day. You're posting something every day. Some of it's good and some of it's business related. Um, so look, I'm, I'm easily found. Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta is the PM coach. Um, you can find you dancing on TikTok. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's, I'm still, I'm still, I'm trying out. I'm looking at. I'm thinking this thing is Tinder talk, seriously. But you know, Dennis and Michael will be uh, very disagreeing with me. They're making things work and getting business through it. So, right. you well, you well ahead of us. Thank you so much, Kirk. It's been a really good discussion and a really good chat around things and chewing the cud. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, watching, um, and. Um, Take care, everyone, and I'm sure we'll see Kirk again. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for the invitation. It's been great talking to you. All All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye.